right, welcome to the Rambler, where the rules are non-existent, the points are made up. Is that the line? That's whose line? Whose line is it anyway? Not the line for today. Hey, uh, I'm going to keep this one... Oh, hello. I'm going to keep this one short, uh, because this is kind of a longer interview with Zeke Anders, my guest today. Great show for you today. Zeke Anders, the great Zeke Anders. He, uh, you may have heard this name on the Facebook, the Book of Faces, on the social media, on the Twitter sphere, on the Instagramification. Uh, Zeke is the photographer and filmmaker uh, extraordinaire of non-member films. And he is also the photographer of the CAD Diaries, which you may have heard. Uh, by the way, CAD, we'll get into this later again, but just so you're aware, CAD, I've gotten a few emails about this and uh, messages and stuff. CAD means Korean, was it a Korean American adoptee? Korean adoptee? Korean American adoptee. We're going to go with Korean American adoptee, K A D. Anyways, that's what CAD means in past shows. If you haven't uh, listened to this, hey, if this is your first time joining me, this is a, this is, I'm, I'm happy to have you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is a show about uh, where, where I, who uh, my name is Mike McDonald, by the way. I am a Korean adoptee who uh, grew up in New Jersey, and now I interview other adoptees. Not necessarily Korean, all right? I've had a proving guest. I would like to explore other uh, nations, transracial adoptees as well, domestic transracial adoptees, not just international adoptees. Anyways, that's what the show's about. We uh, kind of do a uh, one-on-one style interview with uh, that guest. And so today, that is Zeke Anders, the great Zeke Anders, like I said earlier. Uh, I am in Washington, D.C. today. I just ran the Cherry Blossom 10-mile run. It was a nightmare. Aside from being long, which I'm sure many of you were like, 10 miles, that sounds terrible, which it was. It was terrible. And not just because it was long, but because it was like high winds. It was like 50-mile-an-hour gale force gusts. And it was cold as hell this morning. It was a nightmare. God, it was terrible. But I ran it. I did it. And now I'm enjoying a, a Bloody Mary. It's amazing. Also, uh, Jay Ridner is here. Jay Ridner, say hi. Hi. Say hi louder. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Jay is going to be a future guest on the show. She's already agreed to do it. I she, will be. She gave so a thumbs excited. up. So uh, now it's on the record. She, she better. You have no choice now. I'm just going to promote AKA the whole time. Good luck. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I promote AKA a lot. I feel like I should promote other adoptee groups. Like, I heard there's a DC group, but I haven't talked to anybody from here. Uh, but, hey, look, if you are listening to this and you're not from uh, New York's AKA, uh, get in touch with me. I'll, I'll, I will gladly talk to you to promote all of your goings-ons uh, all around the world and area and stuff. All right? In any case, let's just get to the show. Let's just get to the show. Here's uh, Zeke Anders, my conversation with Zeke Anders. Enjoy. Enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, and before we begin, I should I should mention that this episode features a lot of gratuitous cursing, because that's how uh, me and Zeke roll, apparently. All right? And with that said, enjoy the show and prepare your ears and your children. I apologize to the kids. Zeke Anders. Yes. <laughs> Here in the Big Apple or in, the, or in Bushwick. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, so Does Bushwick count as the Big Apple? So there's a debate about this. Okay. About, I, th- I saw this on Gothamist, right? Okay. Which is the local online blog. Yeah. Um, it's the, ba- the, the debate over 
is the city Manhattan or is the city encompass all five boroughs? Right. Uh, mm. I grew up in New Jersey, so to me, the city is Manhattan. Yeah, okay. Because if you're from the outer boroughs, you might as well be from Jersey. Yeah. It's like the same thing to me. Yeah. Well, at least Central and North Jersey are. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, you know what? <clears throat> Fucking, I'm. Oh, can I swear? Yeah. I, okay. You've listened to the show before, right? I have. I, yeah, I guess there is swearing. You can totally okay. swear. All right, good. Because, like, every other word is, like, fuck with me. But, oh, you might as well have grown uh, up in Jersey. <laughs> you can be but, a Jersey boy. Like, you know, I'm, like, living, most of the time I live in L.A., and so, like, whenever I come to the East Coast, I don't care where I am in the East Coast. It's like, if I'm remotely near New York, I'm just like, I'm I'm in New York. I'm, like, in the Oh, city. yeah? <laughs> if you're in, like, Even, Vermont, like, in Jersey, you're I'm in like, Vermont, yes, and you're like, this is New York! This is fucking New York, man! <laughs> I'm here! Woo! <laughs> Bernie Sanders! Right? We're in New York! Right. He's like, this is Vermont, man. Right. This, is, this is not New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> but oh, yes, we are, we are in Brooklyn. All right. And that, yeah, that counts, right? Because, like, I, I've had people say, like, oh, Queens is not New York. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's bullshit. Right. Are, are those people from Brooklyn? I don't know. They're posers, probably. I don't know. <laughs> who knows where they're, they're from? They're probably from Staten Island. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Sorry if I have any listeners in Staten Island. I don't think I do, based on the IPs, but you never know. You never know. I right. see some crazy ones. Right. Well, so, I just you just told me this week yeah. <clears throat> that my listener from Dearborn <laughs> is you. Yeah. I, I basically identified myself as, yeah, the... The one Asian from Dearborn. The one <laughs> Asian demographic from Dearborn. <laughs> well, I mistakenly thought that Tara was from Dearborn. Right. She seemed very offended. I know! I was like, damn. <laughs> she was like, did you just say Dearborn? And I was like, I isn't that where uh, Eminem's from? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, shit, man. I gotta like chime in and like represent. Yeah. So, yes, represent. <laughs> so you're from Dearborn originally. I uh, yeah, I grew up in Dearborn. Did you? Yeah. What was that like? It was very conservative. <laughs> yeah? What, yeah? Like, I don't know anything about... So, I, I think it was pretty evident on the last episode. I don't know anything <laughs> about Michigan. <laughs> right. Everything right. I know about Michigan is uh, GM. Right. And uh, from the movie 8 Mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you need to know. <laughs> and and uh, I think that's it. I yeah. think that's all I got. <laughs> I think they show 8 Mile in, like, history classes in high they school They probably now. do. Yeah. They're like, this is Detroit now. Right. Oh, RoboCop. That's the other oh, one. Oh, right. Right, which I... Uh, right. Which, of course, they didn't even film. Well, which RoboCop? The new one or the original? No, the original one. Yeah, they didn't film that in Michigan at Where'd all. they film it? Like, in Houston or something. Somewhere in Really? Texas. Yeah. Houston or Dallas. It was one of those... Or maybe Galveston. I don't know. It was one of those Texas. None things. of those places I've ever been to. Yeah. To include Detroit as well, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but is that, because that's my impression of Detroit, even though it was future mm. Detroit, now they have a RoboCop statue. No, they don't have one yet. I, I thought think, they had one. No. no what? I, I think they want one or whatever. I thought they were like kickstarting. Well, maybe they are, there. but it's, it's not like, it's not built or it's not. It's not erected. Ground has not been broken yet. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. I don't and know. now would it be the original RoboCop or the new RoboCop? Uh, shit, I don't know. I would have to say it. They'd have to go with the original. The original, yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's a classic now. The, it is a classic. Yeah, it is. I mean, is. so was that... Is that a false advertisement of Detroit, do you think? Well, be, you know, I mean, because you said it's, you know, it's the future. So I think they mm -hmm. took, like, a modern-looking city that maybe has a little bit of grit. Yeah. Hence, wherever they shot it, whether yeah. Dallas or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not Detroit even today. It's what, not. What is Detroit like today? Because the impression I get from listening to your podcast, yeah. <laughs> the non-members... <laughs> 
Which is awesome, by the way. I'm a big fan. Thanks. Is that like we are not getting the true story of Detroit outside of Detroit? Right. And you know, I mean, you know, Detroit. A lot of people, you know, living in LA and people, because nobody from LA is from LA. Sure. It's like New York. Yeah, they're all transplants. There's like maybe two people like actually born in LA. Uh And um, you know, they're always like, "Well, where are you from?" Oh, Detroit, and like. It's always like, oh my god! Like you made it out alive. <laughs> like it's a war zone. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's not that bad. Um, it's actually quite cool. And so yeah, I mean, you know, like people just have this perception from the media and from movies uh-huh. uh, and from Eight Mile that it's just like fucking Eight Mile and trailer parks and gangs and shootings. And- well, I thought so. It's Detroit, which is RoboCop land. Yeah, and then you have Eight Mile. And then it's trailer parks. <laughs> that is the Hollywood ge- the, the geography of right. Michigan. It's it's that triangle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you're in Chicago somehow right. across right. a lake. Well, don't forget Grand Rapids. And Grand Rapids, yeah. Tara. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Detroit is actually a very cool city. It's it has it's filled with a lot of art. It's filled with a lot of raw art. Yeah. And a lot of artists that really have strong voices and strong opinions. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I fucking hope to God that it's on the rebound for, for good. Yeah, I mean, you well, the, the other, I forgot to mention, the other view I've had of Detroit, the only other one that I've had, was from uh, Anthony Bourdain's show oh, okay, on yeah. CNN. He did an yeah. episode on Detroit. And yeah. It looked like it was on the up and up from that episode. Like, yeah, yeah there was a lot of art. There was a, yeah. lot, there was a new food scene popping yeah. up, a lot of good chefs popping up. Yes. So yes. it looks like at least parts of Detroit are no longer the detritus that it once was, but yeah. now it's on the rebound. Yes, yes. I mean, they're putting in a, they're putting in a pretty expansive... Uh, like monorail kind of oh, yeah? public transport thing, which will help tremendously because nice. Detroit has probably for the for the size of the city and and just that geography of Metro Detroit, uh-huh. it has probably one of the worst public transport systems. Do you think that's by design? Like there was some hand that GM and all the Maybe. big guys had said, like you will buy a car, right. right? Maybe. I mean, you know, it. Yeah, but that would have gone. I mean, that would have been like dating back in probably like the 30s and 40s. That's right? how these things happen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's right. when all this this happens. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to permanently screw this. Like if you look at the outline, I've, I've read on the, uh, the, the way that New York was city planned uh-huh. was specifically to keep certain races yeah. and ethnicities outside of certain areas. Mm-hmm. And that was by city design. Mm-hmm. Of course, now it's it's being completely... Gen- Brooklyn is very subject to where we are now, yeah. being subjected to gentrification on a large scale. Actually, so is Queens, uh-huh. big time. So, I, I mean, I imagine that there are other city planners that have, back yeah, in sure. those days... I'm sure there was a big agenda. We keep the riffraff out of this area yeah. by, by design. Yeah. Well, even like the city that I grew up in, Dearborn, which is home of Ford World Headquarters... Back in the day, and this was even when I was a, when I was growing up, like as a very young kid, the Dearborn's motto was "Keep Dearborn clean and white." <laughs> but not not yeah. in the like tidy whitey sense. Yeah. In the in the racial yeah. It was sense. it was pretty yeah. and 
they were, I mean, they weren't even trying to hide it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it was like right. pretty fucking in your face. Yeah. Well, it was like on the license plate and the billboards. And I don't think it was really like written, but I mean, that was Welcome just like Welcome to the Dearborn. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. And I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, right when you cross over whatever the imaginary line is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like different or it was different. Now Dearborn's changed. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, the middle, the, uh, the Lebanese population in the Middle East. Oh, really? Yeah, population has really... Um, it's been a strong influx in, in the city. And that's actually... Interesting. It is interesting because a lot of the old school people, um, a.k.a. older generation people, they they really... They They're not... That. Yeah. They are not happy. That's, but, not, that's not making America great again. Right. You know, that's how they look at it, you know? <laughs> it's... it's well, yeah, it's, a, it's the old, good old days of 1950s through mm-hmm. 70s America before civil rights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody wants to go through that again, no. right? They lived it. Right. So it's like, I know what this brings. Yeah. yeah. Brings marches and violence. I was, you know, I was, because I, I came here actually from Dearborn to New York, and uh-huh. I was sitting in the lounge at the airport, and uh, one of the, uh, you know, airline people, workers, uh, just like started talking to me, like made a comment or whatever. And, uh-huh. and he said, Oh, where are you from? And I said, well, I'm, I actually grew up here, but I, I live in LA now, but I'm flying out to New York. And he said, Oh, where'd you grow up? Like here? Like, where'd you grow up? I said, Dearborn. He's like, Oh, I grew up in Dearborn Heights. And you know, he was like, Oh, it's changed a lot. You know? And I, I knew where he was going. I knew where he was going. <laughs> you but, can hear it. You can hear yeah. it in his voice. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, I'm talking about, cha- and like, I'm saying to him, yeah, the change is good because yeah. it's progress. But right. he, I mean, he just flat out came out and said, he's like, yeah, those Middle Easterns. And I'm just like, oh my God. What's disturbing is how people uh, think that it's okay to socially that. acceptable yeah. to say shit like that. I know. I mean, my, my neighbors even are very, well, not all my neighbors, but I have one neighbor in particular that... Again, it's like he he just feels it's very it's just socially acceptable to just call him out and yeah yeah basically be a racist and I'm like dude it's insane right that's not cool man <clears throat> so is that is that the Dearborn that you grew up in is that the environment you grew up in yeah it is yeah so you were like the only Asian were you the only minority in your area I was well yeah in my in my neighborhood I I was yeah mm-hmm. and all through I would say well kindergarten elementary. I believe beginning in junior high, there was maybe one other. I mean, high school, there was a couple, but it was like, I mean, like I, there may have been three, including me. Like Asians or minorities? Uh, Asians, Asians. In Mm -hmm. high school, the, um, the middle, the middle Eastern population was starting to to grow. So it wasn't just like whites. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it was Lebanese. And And you say it was primarily Lebanese? mm -hmm, Yeah. In fact, Dearborn has... The highest concentrated Lebanese population really? outside of Lebanon. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel I don't know much about Michigan, like I said, but I know Minnesota has mm-hmm. a, it, it has to do with their immigration policies and the rules and relaxations of that that had an influx in a bunch of different um, immigrant populations coming over to Minnesota. To include back in the day, it was Hmong primarily, uh-huh. uh, Vietnamese, and then uh, Somalians. Uh-huh. So we had. A, you know, not we, I, I'm speaking. Yeah. The <laughs> you universal know, we. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the royal we. Minnesota, you know, had an influx of all those populations come up, which I think 
actually helps diversify mm-hmm. um, the area. I mean, New York, obviously, I grew up with this around here. We've seen plenty of immigrant populations mm-hmm. come in and out. Actually, I encourage you, if you have the time, I don't know when you're leaving, to go way down, well, not way down from Brooklyn, but over to the East Village to go to the Tenement Museum okay. and take a tour. Ooh. It's really cool. Okay. And they actually, I think, have like five different types of tours, but it's all about like immigration populations coming into New York, yeah. the harbors and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. That does sound yeah. interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so yeah, the Lebanese in Michigan. Yeah. Um, which and, it all started actually from Henry Ford. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, he would, he would hire the immigrants, which at that time were Lebanese, <laughs> uh, to work in the factories. The, and, then, and then they would bring their families over. So. The old anti-Semite yet great know, American right? Henry Ford. Like, yeah. Kind <laughs> not going to deny. ironic. Not going to deny immigrant labor. Right. Because it's cheap. Yes. <laughs> How yeah. else are you going to make those Model T's and keep pumping them out <laughs> right. that they can't themselves run? Right, right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so do you have any experiences that you can recall immediately growing up as the model minority? Well, <laughs> were they, you know, were was, you the model minority? <laughs> yeah, I sort of was, just because my parents were white, and I think I was like the shiny new toy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. all my neighbors, all my neighbors were basically racist, <clears throat> but they were cool with me. Oh, he's the Asian kid that we like, you know. Not that, like... They've refenced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, Asians in general, not good, but yeah. he's one of us. Right, exactly. He's good. Yes. And that's yeah. that's really how it was. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I didn't know that. Sure. You know, well, in, why, in how, how would you and why would right, you? Right, right. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was different. It was different looking back on it. So, were you the only adoptee in your community? Okay, so I grew up in a very religious household, evangelical. Evangelical, is, like yeah, Protestant? Uh, Presbyterian, okay. evangelical Presbyterian. Uh-huh. So yeah, and in the church that my parents went to, which was a huge church, there were a handful of other adoptees. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I mean, I, well, a handful is probably too much. There was... You can well, count them on your say, hand? Yeah, I would say one hand. I could count on my hand. Were they all, like, inspired to adopt from the church? Was that the deal? Yeah. 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 Did, were you all adopted in the same agency? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Because, I mean, I was friends with them. They were, like, uh-huh. two of them were in my grade. So, like, doing youth group things. <laughs> we, yeah. Doing Christian stuff. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I'm sorry. I'm t- no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Just, I, we're going to go into that in a bit, but I want to finish this story. <laughs> to, to your listeners, I am a Satanist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm no legitimate Satanist. They're very nice people. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a pagan <laughs> making my way through this world. So happy uh, Easter to everybody. Right? Yeah. So, um, no, yeah. So doing youth group things, I mean, two of them were, were my age and yeah, I mean, we were friends, but you know, I, it's not really like I wanted to be their best friends because at that age, it's just like, I felt I was already uncomfortable in my skin trying to just, just be a normal kid and just Uh fitting in and wanting as a common thing with many of us you just wanting to be white and all that stuff. Yeah. So did you did you feel the need like you wanted to be white? Of course I did. Did you want that every time you like you looked in the mirror you were like yeah. upset about it? I, I uh I wasn't like <coughs> upset like scarred or crying but I just I wanted to just fit in. Yeah. I wanted to you know I'll tell you. 
Okay. This might be a little TMI for, Let's hear it. for, for the podcast, but yeah. I wanted to fucking be Johnny Depp when I was a kid. That's cool. You know, because I, I was like that. growing up on like uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and of course they had, they had Harry Aoki. Nice. Right. But I was just like, fuck him, man. He's like, no way. I want to like be the Caucasian see, dude. I don't even remember Harry Aoki. Yeah. See. I don't even know. Johnny Depp though. Yeah. I remember him. Well, yeah. He was cool as hell. Yeah. You don't see Harry Aoki coming back to reprise that role in the new movies. Yeah, right? Where is that guy? Come on, Harry. I don't know. Step it up. Uh, I think <laughs> He's his probably name, scarred I think from not being Johnny Depp. Right. right. What was his real name? I think his name's uh, Dustin something. Uh, you got me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you wanted to be Johnny Depp. Yeah, I did. Really bad. Like, I would try to do my hair, and it was crazy. It was, it was bad. He had a cool haircut. Do you remember? Yeah, he did. He had yeah. that, like, denim jacket thing going on, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was a cool guy. And the flannel, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I, I, yeah, do you remember, uh, well, maybe they still make this hairspray. I don't, I don't use hairspray anymore, but. <laughs> what do you use? Your hair is, is up. I can't, I can't do it's, that. It's actually up right now because of all the, all the fucking wind. I'm just like, I walk into wherever I'm going here in Brooklyn. And I'm just like. Yes. It has, it's around. Yeah. It's been windy. That's why the hat's on. I, yeah. Yeah. You were smart. I didn't bring a hat. <laughs> I should have. But uh, yeah, I used to wear. It. I used to use the rave. Do you remember rave hairspray? I feel like yeah. I mean, like one little squirt. It's like your hair is cement, <laughs> and so that's why I could like totally sculpt it. Nice. You know, the way I, the way I tried. But anyway, the so, way yeah. Johnny Depp did. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to be white growing up. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, growing up, all my friends because I was always there. It it was pretty easy to fit in because, you know, that's all they knew, too. Sure. They always knew me. So they accepted you because they grew up with you. Exactly. Exactly. Did, when you, when they first met you in the first couple of years, did you get a lot of, like, racist microaggressions or straight aggressions or anything <laughs> like that? Or do you remember that? Or was uh, it just they always were like, oh, yeah. I mean, Zeke. Yeah, my circle of friends, they were always like that. I, I don't really ever remember having to, like, prove myself or... Uh-huh. Anything I, I know in, once once the bubble starts to expand, like getting into junior high and high school, where other schools are coming in and merging, uh, then there was not not horribly, but there was some, and it was funny because I think on one of your previous podcasts, someone else, it may have been Rachel Park, who mentioned uh, other minorities actually picking on. Oh, yeah. Me, or, you know, on them. And that uh-huh. happened to me, too, in high school. Like, there was some Hispanic dude. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. Uh, we were in shop class together, and he was a big guy, too. His, what was his name? Something Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, I think. Uh, I don't know. Tony, if you're listening, I'm cool with... I'm, I, I've made amends. All is forgiven. Yeah, all is forgiven. But, dude, <laughs> man, you were a dick. Um, <laughs> but we were in shop class, and he, like took, like, all this sawdust and, like, poured it over me. And I really? was like, yeah. I was Why? Because like, he just, he's a dick. Yeah, because he's a dick. Or it he went, was, yeah. Just being, like, that was just his jerk move. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not that he solely picked, I mean, he picked on everybody. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was really just. So it was a generic dick. It wasn't being, yeah. like, a racist dick. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm like, dude, man, you're, like, 
you're the one fucking Hispanic kid in the school. Like, why are you being such a dick? It's weird when you get betrayed by the other <laughs> right. minority. <laughs> right. I'm like, dude, shouldn't we be like fucking allies? You do, know? You ever, do you ever watch? Did you do you watch uh, Fresh Off the Boat? I don't. There's like one episode, and yeah, he comes yeah. to the, he moves to Orlando, right? And he's like the only Asian there, obviously. And there's like one black kid, and right. they basically get into like a race war for like one episode, <laughs> and it's like, dude, yeah. You should have my back. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's us against the world. Right. I think later, like everybody's friends later, but that right. original season was like, yeah, it's like pretty. Yeah. You know, now for especially for like ABC shows, like oh, oh, yeah. we're talking about race yeah. in like a family show. Yeah. Interesting. No, that's good for ABC. They're. I you know, agree. Yeah, and that's good that the show is still on. I mean, I know it's it's doing well. I'm amazed. Yeah. I'm amazed. It's on its third season. It's yeah. got renewed for another one. I yeah. was like, holy shit. Poor, poor John Cho show. What was that selfie or something like that? Oh yeah, I mean that one was destined to fail. Yeah, I wanted to like it, but I was like, this one's gonna, this is gonna get canceled yeah. real fast. Uh, on the other hand, going back to your story, I feel bad. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a true confession. Okay. This is gonna, this is gonna be really. You're gonna be like, man, you're a shitbag. <laughs> like uh, we had in uh, was not a uh, shop because I was not that cool in shop and. <laughs> In home ec, which everybody was the great equalizer. All the guys were equally not cool in home ec. Uh, me and th- these other two kids who uh, happened to be black would actually make fun of another Asian kid. Oh. And he was a fob. Yeah. And I would join in. I would join in. Oh, man. Not even with a sense of irony. Right. Not even a drop being like calling him like egg roll and shit right. like that. It's just like I looking back, I'm like, I am a terrible human being. Yeah. Especially because I had so many issues getting bullied yeah. in like high school. And I'm like, I shouldn't be that guy. Right. That's so fucked up. Well, you know, you were you were just lashing. Yeah, but it was a cry for help. It was a cry. It was. <laughs> That's how I would like to yeah. see it as a cry for help, yeah. but I think it was just me being an ass. <laughs> like, it really is. I'm just like, and the worst part is, I couldn't even remember if his name was Tony Gonzalez. I do not remember <laughs> this kid's name for the life of me, because I tried to forget high school so badly. Right. But I feel bad about it to this day. Just oh. like, I should not, I should have embraced him. I yeah. should have been like, come on, man, we're, yeah. we're bros, but. Dude, I was I a dick, too. I mean, there were, there were kids that I, even I picked on, and. You know, I mean, that's part of it, though. You know, I think it's just putting it into perspective that kids will be kids. Yeah. Adolescence yeah. is adolescence. And it's tough for everybody, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I think even, even the hormones are going through some crap, yeah. right? On some level. Probably usually yeah. from their parents, and that's how it was, like, manifesting outwards. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what it was with the, with the universal bully in our high school, who was, mm-hmm. like, a total asshole. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it was something like... Uh, Either his parents had split or his dad had died or both at a very Oof. young age. Yeah. And I, I think that's how it manifested. And yeah. you just, uh, when you're in high school, you're just like, that kid's an asshole. Right. But like, as an adult, you're like, man, that, he must have had it pretty yeah. rough at home or yeah. some shit. Yeah, he was hurting somehow. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. like, this. that was a cry for help. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough about me and my, my <laughs> shit. <laughs> You and Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you've resolved that internally. You're yeah. like, it's cool, Tony. It's cool, man. Yeah. So that was like your only real experience that you can think of growing up that uh, that you were like, man, and that didn't seem like racist. It was just like he was a generic jerk. Yeah, he was just kind of a generic jerk, I think, to everybody. Uh, I'm trying to... I mean, you know, here's the thing. I, I think... It, and, you know, the credit to my parents, they, they did, I think, instill a lot of good just characteristics and judgments for me to, to take on where I just didn't let things bother me. Mm. You know, I mean, I, cause I don't, I don't, 
I can't remember anything. And so I must have, even if it happened, I must have just deflected it. Yeah. Just been like, whatever, and moved on instead of harboring it. So the Tony, you know, obviously I, I remember that one. So it's obviously, you know, it affected me. It, sure. it stuck with me. But I don't really remember anything else. I remember, th- and this was actually in my adult life. I was on a shoot in Cincinnati. I was doing a, a like a commercial thing. And the client for the company, it was a big national company I'm not going to say (laughs) but they're a big national company Uh and uh, it was the last day of the shoot and we're all saying our goodbyes and it was a good shoot everyone was happy the client's happy and we we just happened to sort of be lined up and the client's going down the line shaking our hands saying goodbye and the dude fucking skips me and I don't I mean it was like I'm like right here yeah and he just like skips me nope yeah I was like whoa what did that just happen? And yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just zoned out. Maybe he realized, oh, I got to be somewhere. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, wow, okay. Mm. Nice to work with you, too. So I don't know. It's tough to say in those situations, right? Because you're know, like, is right? this a race thing? Yeah, I know. And then it's like, yeah, I don't want to overthink it. and just Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like at some point you just got to let it go. But it's right. like, obviously you can't. You're just like, man, what, right. like, what the hell happened there? Right. But, you know, like a lot of, a lot, like <clears throat> a lot of, our experiences, we, we experience those things on a more, on a, uh, I don't know what the word would be, softer level of uh-huh. sort of racism, everyday speaking. It's just... It's the microaggressions, man. The microaggressions, thank you, yeah. Where it's just... And they don't even mean harm, but it's... Yeah, ex- I, th- I feel like that's yeah. most of what it is. Yeah. Like, they don't even mean to be... Oh, are you Chinese? Or, yeah. you know, like... Well, I had uh, one a guy I worked with uh, in Korea when I was living there, and he was like, "Well, you're not one of them. You're one of us." Right. And he was like an American guy. I was like, "Well, yeah." I mean, no, don't don't get me wrong. I'm like an American, but yeah. I'm also like this is where my ethnic roots are, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I'll get a lot too. Where you know, the people the people ask, "Well, where are you from?" and and I say, "Well, I say, <laughs> well, I was born. I, well, I I'll say, well, I was. I'm from Detroit." Yep. And then they'll say, no, where are you really from? Uh, yes. You know, but yeah. although, well, I guess I really am from Korea, but you know what I mean, though. It's, sure. it's that. No, I have a buddy uh, when I was living in Indonesia, actually going to visit him this weekend in D.C., but he, we were in Indonesia and we were meeting these Australian people for the first time. Uh-huh. And the lady was like, oh, where are you from? And we were, we were going with the story that we were brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm from California and he's from New Jersey. <laughs> And she was like, no, 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 but where are you really yeah. from? Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm from San Diego, and he is from... <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah, I'm from Hillsborough. And she's like, but where are you really oh, from? And man. it's like, yeah. uh, I mean, we're both from Korea. Yeah. And then we turn around, we're like, well, where are you from? She's like, I'm, a, I'm from Australia. And it's like, but where are you really <laughs> right. from? And right. she's like, I'm Australian. And it's like, but you're not like an Aborigine, so... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So were your families like criminals from England? They got right. kicked out, and right. it was like then she got like upset, and it was like, "Come on, th- yeah. well, I know this is upsetting, but this is basically what you're doing yeah. to us." Yeah, I know, I know. And it, then, you it know, doesn't we, occur to them. We get, we get a lot. I'm sure, I'm sure you do too. And you, oh, your English is so good. And, oh yeah, um, that's a lot of fun. It is, and <laughs> you know, living in LA, that's obviously a melting pot there, and there's a lot, you know, there's a, a large population of the Asian population there yeah yeah and just going into little tokyo or koreatown or wherever and Mm -hmm. just dealing with merchants or who you know um 
they'll start the country because obviously they'll hear me talk and it's I'm you know I'm very American and they'll say oh your 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 English is very good <laughs> and I'm like okay thanks you know whatever and yeah and then they you know they're like well, were you born here and I'm like no I was I was born in Korea and well you know like how did you speak so how do you speak so well I said well I was adopted and they don't it's weird because they don't even fa- they can't comprehend even what that uh. means they're like what do you mean and I'm like well my my adopted parents are white. They're from America. And they're just, it's, there's this huge disconnect Yeah. that they yeah. just can't, they don't, they don't grasp it. Because they keep going back to, well, what about your quote-unquote real parents? Yes. Yeah. So, but they yeah, don't quote-unquote. Yeah. They just yeah. ask how your real, your yeah. real parents are. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever met your real parents? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Do you want to? Right. And they're like, kind of like... I, I've never been to well, I've been to LA, but I've never been to Koreatown, LA. So that, that's interesting because I feel like the Koreans in Korea are like, well, they'll ask you why you don't know any Korean, yeah. and it's like, oh, you should learn. You should yeah. learn. <laughs> right. Mm, all right. They'll <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> feel really sad because there's been a great shame brought upon the country in right. the '80s that there's like I don't know if the LA Koreans who've been living out there for so long feel that kind of shame. They 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 feel every time I have these conversations with these you know koreans or whoever they they're always sad yeah they're always like oh are they like oh you're sorry poor child yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's a little i don't know what the, it's not it's not like it's condescending but it's just a little, a little patronizing, patronizing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so so uh what'd you do after after high school well i actually just got straight into work uh I, you know, in high school, high school was pivotal because my school had a very good film production class. And mm-hmm. that's, my mother died. My, my mother died when I was, uh, well, 16. That's, uh, I'm sorry. And yeah, and it, she was sick. She had breast cancer. And mm-hmm. although that's actually not what she died from, it went into remission, but then it came back a few years later in her mm-hmm. lungs. Um, so all through probably junior high and high school, I was actually going with, well, even as like a young child in elementary, I was going with her to like the hospital to get chemo and all that stuff. So that was just like what my life was. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so in high school she passed away and obviously that was a tough time, especially at that age. And I really focused on this elective class in high school, film and video. And it was a great outlet for me because I could basically you know, have an outlet for all this stuff and be creative. And so outside of high school, uh, well, my high school films that I was doing, uh, you know, they were winning like awards and stuff like that. And so what were you focusing on then? Um, in terms of like film wise, sure. Just like the projects you were doing. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. They were, I mean, the high school projects were like assignments. So yeah, you know, one, one week would be like, go out and make a music video. One week would be, uh, go and make a personal video, mm-hmm. which I really like that one because it really, for me, it taught me that creating art, it, it's got to be personal. You have to bring yourself yeah. into it. Otherwise, sure. it's it's empty and there's no meaning. And I think other people can see that. They can feel or see it that it's an empty piece of work mm-hmm. as opposed to putting yourself into it. So that I love that project. And actually, I did... I did a, a really great film. Even to this day, I'm, I'm still really proud of it. Uh, that was actually, I dedicated it to my mother. Uh, and so that got a lot of awards. And so out of high school, Detroit's public television, which is like their PBS, 
they actually tapped me to start working for them and producing and directing awesome. segments for their shows. And then from there, I did that for a couple seasons, and then I started working in advertising and, you know. What was that, uh, what was that one about your, dedicated to your mother about? It was, uh, it was essentially a music video. It was just an instrumental piece. I, I took, uh, I shot it on film. I took those little Russian dolls, uh -huh. things that come apart. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's a little anticlimactic just explaining it to you because it's prettier watching it. But um, it's just hands taking the dolls apart, flipping through a, an old Russian Bible. Mm. Uh, and I suppose that's also because I was going to, to church with my parents at the time. But, you know, we get down to the last little doll, which is the tiny, you know, the, the yeah. smallest doll in the middle. And, and then the, the hands close the book. And then there's a candle, and uh, you blow out the candle. So it's it's this sort of metaphor of life and the cycle mm -hmm. of life. And yeah, it was it was experimental. It was um, it's just yeah, it's interesting to watch. And I, you know, it it came from a very I think real and raw place. Sure. So I think the, that's why I, in a way I think it still holds up. Do you ever go back and watch it? Um, it's actually on, <clears throat> it's actually on my non-member film site. Oh yeah? Yeah. It's up there on the site. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. It's, it's short. I mean, it's like a couple minutes, but. Sure. What, do you remember what, uh, music it was set to? It was set to a band and they're still around. I, I actually, I like them quite a bit. They're, they're called Over the Rhine mm -hmm. from Over the Rhine, Ohio. And it was one of their instrumental pieces. The band as a whole, uh, they've gone through a few sort of iterations. I mean, they've kept their same, like, genre of music, but uh, they're folky, mm -hmm. sort of progressive folk. But, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like that piece a lot. The, the song is actually called Little Genius. I'm trying to think what album it's off of. It might be off. Oh, it's off their album called Patience. So, yeah. Can you find it on, like, iTunes and stuff? Or is it, do I have to get that straight from them? No, 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 no. They're on <laughs> iTunes, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They're on iTunes. They, uh, <coughs> yeah, they're, they're a really good band. They've, uh, they've had, I think, not that I'm, it's not like I'm their biographer or anything, but uh, they've been around for a long time. They've, they, they were signed with a pretty large record label back in, like, the 90s called IRS Records. Oh, cool. And then IRS folded. And then I think they just have gone independent but they've nice they're they're yeah they're still around they're still doing their thing cool so well you're obviously still doing your thing so what happened after you worked <laughs> for the pbs of detroit yeah so then i moved into advertising and it's 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 what it always is it's someone who knows someone who can recommend you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. all about knowing and being sort of in the right place at the right time and and i think at that time i was getting i think maybe i had plateaued at mm. the public television station, which was, I mean, the experience was great because it really, outside of high school, that was like professional. Sure, I was, I was out there. Yeah, I was out there on location. And I mean, I'm young. I'm like, you know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And I'm in charge. It's a small crew, but I'm in charge of like this crew and I'm telling them this is where I want the shot to be and this is how we're going to do the setups and all that. And it was great film school essentially mm -hmm. for me. Um, and then, uh, one of the producers knew another producer who worked at an ad, an ad agency and I got in 
as basically one of the youngest, if not the youngest, producer there at the agency. And that was a big, that was a huge step. I was producing national commercials. Nice. For, yeah, for many years. For What like were the big years. ones? Did I see any? Oh, I worked on Mazda. I worked on Blockbuster, Bush's Baked Beans. Nice, yeah. Um, a whole bunch of progressive auto insurance. Um, ton. So you're doing this at 18 to 19? At the, at the ad agency, older. I was probably around 22. 20. Yeah, I was probably, yeah, 22 I started there. How long did that last? Six years on staff. That's a good amount of time. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it's interesting because I, I got hired. It, I mean, it helped having sort of a, a referral, but I got hired because I had my weird little film reel, that, which was at that point, it was really mostly still my high school stuff. Yeah. And then a few pieces from the Detroit Public Television. But the head of broadcast there, I think, you know, I, I'm thankful that he hired me. I think he saw that there was, there was potential. There's obviously talent there. Something. So, yeah, he gave me a shot. And, uh, and this is all behind the camera work? Yeah, this is all behind. It's, um, the agencies are where uh, the concepts for the commercials get made, and, and mm-hmm. they have copywriters and art directors and then producers that help pull everything together. Once, once a commercial sort of gets a green light on let's produce this spot, then, then that's where I would come in and, and uh, yeah, start making it happen and work within the budget that the client dictates. And yeah, yeah, it was, it's, uh, I mean, it's very, it's a very, uh, logistical role. Sure. It's not so much creative, but it's creative in a sense, but, uh, and that was one of the reasons why I actually left, because... It wasn't creative enough. It wasn't creative enough. And, you know, before the agency, that my focus was directing and filmmaking. Uh-huh. And then the agency was a great experience, a, a, another extension of my film school of learning how the business works. And that's really sure. what it was. It was all about the business of whether it be advertising or, or production, because it, it all bled into <clears throat> each other. It's and important to learn that stuff. It is, Absolutely. But, you know, and the, but the time came where it was like, well, I can either do this for the rest of my life or I need to actually start doing what I want to yeah. do for the rest yeah. of my life. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I moved out to L.A. Yeah, you split your time between L.A. and Detroit, huh? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Seems like you're in Detroit a lot lately. Like all the interviews for non-members uh, yeah. are in Detroit. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, Detroit's fun. And when you get into this groove of, Going, going back to Detroit, and then you're kind of like, oh yeah, I, I I really like this part of Detroit. I mean, trust me, I, I miss LA, but uh, there's a lot of great things that it's like, oh yeah, Detroit really has this cool vibe here and this thing yeah. going on over there, and and the people of Detroit, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's fun, and, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to sort of work and do what I do wherever, yeah, in, yeah. in a way, so. Yeah, it's good. So you go to L.A. <laughs> what do you do out there? Uh, same thing. I mean, I'm, you know, directing, writing, uh, photographing. So you, do you think you're, you're like a more visual artist? Uh, I would say so. I really, yeah, I would. Um, but, you know, I, and you, for me at least, you learn with age that every idea, no matter what it is, whether it's visual or not, it, I mean, it's all about the idea. Mm-hmm. It's all, it all comes down to the script, in a sense. Yeah. So 
I, you know, I can sit here and be like, I'm all about the visuals, but look, a visual is nothing without an idea. You have mm-hmm. to have an idea first. And, and then the visuals. And then it becomes that much more interesting. So is that where you started producing and writing and directing your own films and everything like that? Well, I did, I did start in Detroit. Um, I did two short independent films. Uh-huh. And I mean, when I say independent, I mean independent. It was like <laughs> sh- uh, literally A couple of grams. Not, not even. Really? Not even. But here's the thing. You know, and I did these when I was young. I was probably at the same time around like the Detroit public television era. So I was probably around 20, 21 and yeah, I made one film. It was shot on DV, which back then it was like, that was like the brand new sort of medium. Yeah. And um, for what it was, it it did pretty well. And for not having any budget and for nice. pulling the resources together. Um, and then the other one was a little bit larger, larger cast, uh, longer running time, more locations and... And uh, I actually kind of took my name off the project, but... No, why? Well, I just, you know, it's one of those you look back on it and it's like, oh my God, I can't fucking believe I did that. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So I'm literally taking my name off it. I have, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've taken my name off it. Oh like, no. Like, no, I don't, well, I mean, people do have copies of it, but... Um, yeah. But you don't associate with that one anymore. I know, no. But the first one was good. First one's good. It's still, I mean, it's weird. It's an experimental. But, I mean, it's dialogue. There's actors. It's a narrative. What was that one about? Oh, it was based on a short story by uh, J.D. Salinger uh-huh. and a friend of mine, Carrie Wallace, who's actually a New York author. Uh, she uh, she's adapted the story into, into, a, into a script. and. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a weird story. It's, it's weird. Just, just go read, go read, uh, what was it? Uh, J.D. Salinger short story, A Perfect Day for Banana Fish. And Can you find that one online? You probably could, yeah. Yeah, you probably can. I stole the book. J.D. Salinger had a, uh, it's, it's a book called Nine Stories, I believe, and it's nine short stories. Uh-huh. And I stole that book, I think, from my high school because <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> You gotta watch out. Some guy somewhere just got arrested for like not returning a book after oh, 14 geez. years or something. So oh, don't man. go back to that where you <laughs> stole that book from. Okay. I just read that shit. <laughs> yeah, be careful these days. Right. Data's everywhere. I know. It's forever. <laughs> They've right. got a homing device on the book now. So yeah. those were the two you did in Detroit? Yeah, those were more? the two. I mean, I've done more, but those were like the two big ones. And then, uh-huh. I mean, in LA, I've done like a handful of stuff. <laughs> I mean, constantly I'm always doing stuff. Yeah. There's videos for, you know, indie bands out there and short films. Nice. And, and you know, I it's not even, I, I there was a period where I would get super critical of, and I think it's, I blame it actually on advertising because advertising is, I mean, advertising is big shit. It's like a lot of money you're dealing with. Sure. I mean, national accounts and yeah. everything in commercials, like, is perfect because when you're spending that much money, everything has to be. It's got to be. And so that mentality, especially working in advertising over the years, it seeps into your own, you know, mind. And Mm -hmm. then you start second-guessing yourself and your projects. And, you know, you might, you know, I I sat there and I'm like, oh, I have a great project. But then it's like, well, I can't pull it off. And so then it's like, I won't do it. Self-doubt creeps in. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like, well, I can't do it the way it should be done. So I'm not even going to do it. And that's that kind of whole, 
just uh, not that perfectionism is bad because I'm a perfectionist, but it's just that whole ad mentality that I call it for me at least, where it's like, well, I I can't pull it off, so I'm not even going to do it. We're actually the, I think for an artist, you should you should always do it. You should just do it because it's it's keeping you doing things and it's mm-hmm. keeping that rhythm going. Uh, and it doesn't matter really in the end. It look if it if it's bad, it's bad. But you did it. It's going through the process. At least of you took the it. shot, right? You know, you don't have to publish it, but it. The more you do it, practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, the more you do it, sure. the better you get at it. And I was at a period where I was like not doing it. So mm. you know, so I wasn't getting better in a sense because yeah. I was like already stopping myself. Well, I can't do it because it's not going to be good. Um, so that, um, so yeah, there was a little bit of a dry spell when I was in LA. Um, and I was, but I was also like working, working, uh, you know, like on commercials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it took me a few years to really kind of circle back to like, wait a minute, I really need to get my focus back on track and be on point because I'm a filmmaker and I need to start actually making films, (laughs) You know, if I call myself a filmmaker. So. Sure. So what was your first foray back into that post-advertising? Oh, um, I did a short film a few years ago, and it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> but, uh, it, is it bad to you, or is it, do you feel like objectively it's bad? Well, I kind of feel objectively it's bad. I mean, visually it's nice, <laughs> but there are, go- you know, again, there Sounds are Sounds like goes- a Zack Snyder, Michael Bay film. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm the protege, <laughs> uh, without the explosions or special effects. Well, then I don't know what kind of film this is. <laughs> I actually, right after it was done, I actually kind of had a funny little thing where it was like, because people would ask me, oh, what's, what's the film about? And of course, I had no idea what it was about, because really, it's not about anything. But, um, but I, I would say, well, it's, it's, this, it's a film about everything, but nothing. Oh. So it was like, ooh, I want to see so it. deep. Know? Yeah. But no, it's really not good. But it, but <laughs> it did get me back into that rhythm and that yeah. cycle of, yeah. Let's well, then it served a purpose. It did serve the purpose. And that's all the purpose was for, was yeah. to just get that spark going again. Sure. Um, and then, you know, that led actually to me doing like American Soul, the vlog series, uh-huh. uh, and now the CAD Diaries. So it, it actually did you know, serve its purpose. To, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. So American kinda, Soul got you some news coverage, right? Yeah. It, uh, yeah, a little bit. So you started a vlog series. I did. A very short vlog series, very sort of concise and to the point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I I hate it now. Why? I, I really I think can't. it was well shot. I've seen a Thank couple you. of them. <laughs> and it was good. You put yourself out there like it was pretty much just you, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it so was. It's, yeah. It's okay. I mean, I just, you know, I think, yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? Me, what? Wait, wait, wait. So you don't like it anymore? Yeah, I really don't. I really don't. Why? What about it? Don't you like? There was. I don't know, man. This makes There's... me think: Am I going to regret doing this podcast? In the <laughs> 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 I feel like they come from. It comes from a very similar place, both the podcast and that vlog series. Oh man! Uh... It's like almost like I'm, I'm reaching out to see what's out there. I'm like calling out into the <laughs> void and seeing what kind of echoes back. <laughs> <laughs> There's no echo, man. No, was there no echo? <laughs> what happened? Well, you know the vlog, the vlog series. Um, you know, I yeah, I did put myself out there. I I wasn't very deep. I could have gone a lot deeper. I should have gone a lot deeper. How? 
just getting more into it, I think. More personal? Probably. And more, I should have, uh, I should have educated myself more also. On what? On adoption. But, you know, and here's the thing. To, to be fair, for, in, in my defense, that, which the vlog series was, what, 2014, that was really the first time I ever tapped into the adoption. Oh yeah, experience. You never, me. you never thought about or explored it before in Michigan or with no. your parents. No, they didn't give you anything to go with. No lead. No user file. Check it out. No, no camps. I did go to a Korean camps when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like once. No, like probably a few years in a row. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably like maybe three years, maybe. That didn't bring up any adoption shit. No. No, it was just like oh, I'm eating kimchi. Yeah, basically. Kimchi and mandu. That was it? Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was, I mean, I was, uh, I was probably maybe 10, maybe 12, something like that. Yeah. Those tween years. And it was good because I'm seeing people who look like me. Sure. um, You know, yeah, just the camaraderie of that. But yeah, I mean, it was, for me though, it was like, oh, it's a fun camp. It's yeah. a camp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But none of the, and your other adoptees in your church, you said you was, it was mostly just like, you know, youth services or youth ministry or whatever. Yeah. It, it wasn't like an adoption thing or you didn't talk to them about that. No. No. So this is literally like in it, this series, the first time you're exploring. It this. really was. So what was the inspiration for that? Uh, I think I was, on, I mean, I, this sounds so anticlimactic. I think I was in between jobs. Uh huh. And I was, just a little antsy I was like man you know like I you know I it was one of those things where it was like I, I could start a new project like a personal project yeah but then I don't want to get too far into it because then the job might come up and then it's like oh I got to drop this and you know like do the job job so you're gonna do a small personal thing yeah and funny enough it was talking about my high school projects in video that person you know my teacher would assign like make make a personal video right yeah that's literally what I did I wouldn't sort of back until like my high school years and I was like well, yeah I'll make a Started vlog the foundation. and make it about myself I'll make yeah. a personal video and um, I mean you know I call it a vlog it, it you know I think I just labeled it a vlog just because uh, YouTube is hot and I'm like yeah I can just upload it to YouTube and call it a vlog I think so, it'd be, that's an appropriate title yeah at this point I think it's like nobody has a vlog but yeah. back then it was like yeah yeah, yeah vlogs are hot yeah yeah, they I were mean, like, I mean, they still are, but they, I think 2014, they were kind of like on the rage. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, know? it's changed forms now. Now there's like Vines and Snapchats yeah. and shit. Yeah. But like back then, it was like, you could do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because it was, I think, you know, America's lost its, uh, everybody, not just me, is ADHD. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> the the attention span is shortened to six seconds on Vines, yeah. so that's yeah. about <laughs> as far as you can go. Right. But, uh, yeah, at that point, it was like, because those videos aren't long. They're maybe, like, what, three, four minutes each? Yeah, like four at the most. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons, too, is I, I didn't want to make them long because, you know, I don't have the time to even sit there and watch myself for that long, <laughs> and I know nobody else does either. And sure, I hate listening to myself on this podcast. Right. <laughs> I do. I really do. I have to sit there and edit it. I'm like, I have to listen to myself for an hour. It oh sucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is a horrifying I remember hearing myself for the first time it's awful and it is it's, it's really, terrible it's really horrible and then seeing yourself is actually quite for me it's quite horrific too yeah. I'm just like oh my god I agree I used to do theater and I would refuse to watch the tapes yeah. of the, ta- of oh, the I shows I did theater too I hate it yeah. did you? yeah you didn't well, mention that so what did you do? Uh, high school? 
Uh, college. College theater? College years, yeah. Yeah, I was in the... Well, you know, theater is not meant to be videotaped. It no, is, it's really it not. It is a lie. It's experience. really terrible. Yeah. And so I don't care if you're, you know, a fucking Broadway production. If it's videotaped, it's going to look like shit. I heard uh, that Grease Live on NBC was actually amazing, but I really? think it was, it was like mostly the camera choreography is what I heard. And I was sure. just like, I've never even heard of camera choreography until this came out. But that makes <laughs> so much sense. Cause oh, yeah. When you watch like... Any theater that's recorded, and like this is why cell phone footage of right. theater is fucking oh, terrible. Yeah. Because you're watching it, and it's just like it usually looks like it was shot from a cell phone, especially yeah. the old tapes that me and you were probably yeah. on. Yeah, and it, it, you know, theater is so dynamic, but you don't get that personal feeling yeah. from from any video footage because yeah. it's just like static, yeah. single camera. Yeah, like you can't zoom in and enhance like this person's exactly. face and everything like that. It's terrible. It's, it's yeah, terrible. It is. it is. But uh, yeah, so I yeah I hated. I was I'm with you on that. I hated watching back the. It's awful. Playback of theater performance. What'd you do in? What'd you do theater wise? Do you remember? Uh, let's see. I did. Uh, I did Amadeus. I that was my first show. Actually, was Amadeus. That's a that's a good show. That's a it's a great ambitious show, show to yeah. do. It's an uh, awesome show. I mean, I I was just like a walk on, you know, like because uh, really, I mean, I'm a, there really aren't. I mean, there's Amadeus. Yeah. There's Salieri. Yeah. And that's basically that's pretty the, much it. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> the two main characters. Every, everybody else, I mean, there's Constanza. They're all but, like window dressing. Pretty yeah, much. basically. Yeah. So I was I was a little walk on, but then I did. Uh, I was in the Midsummer Night's Dream. Nice. I played Lysander. Uh, I was in Sweeney Todd. Very good. I was uh, I was Tobias. Rag. Okay. Uh, you weren't the demon barber. I was not the demon barber. No, um, but I killed the demon barber. You Tobias, didn't. Tobias yeah. kills him in the end. Um, so you did not get your throat slit. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one. I am the. Uh, I'm. What is he get pushed into the oven? I don't remember. I slice. I slice. You slice his throat. Yeah, I slice Sweeney's throat open. I'm nice. the. I'm like the last one. You're standing. the hero. In a way, yeah, but it's a tragic hero. Yes, you know. Well, so is he the one that's in love with Joanna? Is that was that what that was? No, Joe. Well, I mean that is the one, but um, you're you're thinking of uh, the character of uh, he was the sailor character. I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. Yeah, uh, Tobias was uh, he was the simple kind of kid. I th- yeah, I thought it was the boy, right? Yeah, he is the boy, but he he's not in love with Joanna. Is he the one who uh, sings? That's always it. Uh... Um, I'm never going to let anybody hurt mm-hmm. you or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, and he's singing that to Mrs. Lovett. Right, yes. Yeah. Who's in, in cahoots with yes. Sweeney Todd. Yes, that's right. The irony. He yes. doesn't even know. He's unawares. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, Tobias... So that's a good part. That's a meaty part. It was. It is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he... I mean, the character is very tragic. Yeah. Um, and then I did, like... I did some children theater, Pinocchio. I did, I did some independent like original playwright theater mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I was I was doing some stuff, but I was never I didn't actually I was never setting out to be an actor. I actually took theater because as a director and as a filmmaker, uh-huh. I wanted to know what the process it helps you out of an actor is. I Absolutely. feel like, right? Yeah. So is, do you feel like you got to channel some of that when you did any of the uh, the vlog series? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I think theater in general, I listen, I, I don't care who, what you do in life, 
where you work, whatever it is, I think everybody should take a theater class. I really do because I feel like it's helped me out in life quite a bit, actually. It it absolutely does. You know, it it sort of breaks down some of your inhibitions. It helps mm-hmm. you become a better speaker. Absolutely. It uh yeah, it just it even helps with focus. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, everybody really can benefit from whether it be a theater or an improv class. So I I would definitely say that it helped me with. Have you taken improv classes? With American Soul. No, I'm scared to death. I'm scared too. But I think it'd be so cool because I think it would help me in the same ways that theater has, but better. I know. Be quicker on my feet. I was actually talking to a friend of mine in LA. She's actually a CAD. (laughs) Oh, yeah? And we were actually... Hook me up. (laughs) Yeah, I I will. I will. Uh, We were actually saying, like, uh, I'll take an improv class if you take an improv class. Oh, yeah. Like, if we we do it together, then you'll... um, but, a little yeah. social proof. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, American Soul, though, I don't know. It just, it just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So that title, though, American Soul, yeah. I feel like, was that a springboard into the Cad Diaries because you it, had the, yeah, the flag thing going on? Um, it was a springboard into the Cad Diaries because, actually, I kind of wanted to go back to American Soul and sort of, in my mind, correct it. Really? Like, so yeah. CAD Diaries is supposed to be a course correction? Kind of, yeah. Because I, I, I really, and I'm, I'm not even being overdramatic, I, I just, I really can't stand American Soul. But you weren't the focus of CAD Diaries, so no, you, did you decide that's what needed to be corrected yes. to take yourself out? Yes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot of CADs in that one. What? So you focused specifically on CADs? Yeah. Yeah, on CADs. And, you know, American, obviously, okay, so American Soul, it's on me, and, you know, I give my little spiel, and it's not very deep, and I'm the first to admit it. Um, and then I feel like a lot of the, th- well, not even a lot, but I mean, I, I feel that, um, I mean, I got, I got a, you know, a good amount of attention, but maybe I was like, oh, I don't know if I want that kind of attention. What kind of attention? It was, uh... And I, you know, I know I say it in, in the series, which is another reason why I'm kind of like, Ooh, I don't like it. But I, you know, to be fair, though, I was just sort of speaking on my experience. But um, I got a lot of the, uh, the pro, pro adoption attention. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I was just like, look, I should have educated myself probably before I started making this thing and, but I didn't and I say yeah. it and it's out there now and it's like, okay, whatever. I don't care really. But then it was like, okay, now I'm starting to become like this poster child of pro adoption. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not saying that that's even bad, but that wasn't your intent though. It just wasn't my intent. Yeah. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, that my whole world of adoption and CADs opened up from American Soul, which has been great. I mean... So that's a positive outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and because of that, I'm also now more educated. Yeah. I'm no expert, but I'm more educated than where I was. And so then it was like, well, you know what? It was like, I can either go and make another vlog, uh, but I'm not going to do that. And so I was like, well, I want to do something that's actually meatier, yeah. like that has some weight to it. Yeah. And in my own way, I'm sort of self-correcting the course that now I can actually do. And this isn't me talking. It's actually I'm giving it over yeah. to the cats. It's their voices. And I'm sort of just like the vehicle. All right. So <laughs> the uh, the cat diaries now are the spiritual successor. <laughs> 
to <laughs> spiritual success to American soul. <laughs> the course correction, as we say. Yeah, yeah. Except you've taken yourself out of the equation in front of the camera yeah. and put yourself where I feel like you feel more comfortable, which is behind the camera. Absolutely. <laughs> Far behind the camera. <laughs> Yeah. And yet, and yet you put yourself in front of the microphone. We'll get back to that in a little bit. <laughs> but so CAD Diaries, uh-huh. where did you get this gathering of, of CADs? And I, I should say, by the way, I, I have gotten some uh, emails and Facebook messages about this. For, for all the listeners who don't know what a CAD is, yeah. is a Korean adoptee, especially a Korean American adoptee, yes. right? Yes. Um, that is also technically a new term to me. Oh, okay. Who is, I, I feel I, like I've been pretty well versed in adoption world stuff uh-huh. uh, since I was a kid, but I feel like this is a relatively new term. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I feel like it's come up in the past two years. Okay. Until then, it was like, cats. Like, it took me, I was like, oh, I think they specifically mean Korean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see it spelled with a K on Facebook. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So where did you get all these cats, this gathering of cats? Did you put I, the yeah. Craigslist ad? Yeah, I just, yeah, I... I <clears throat> Like uh, social media. I mean, it's really all yeah. social media. It's posting on Facebook and Twitter and wherever else. And uh, I mean, there's, you know, in, all, in L.A. and uh, like a lot of other cities, there's CAD orgs mm-hmm. um, that I've reached out to. And uh, yeah. Is there a big one out in L.A.? There's, uh, I don't know if they're big or not. I mean, it's called AKA SoCal, I believe. Oh, yes. I could be wrong. No, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. And I've been to a few of the functions. The the functions that I've gone to, it's never been like in an enormous amount of people, but uh-huh. um there's always you know, I always see like the the usual suspects. You sure. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, so there yeah. is a there is definitely a core of of people that um that are involved. So that's who you got in touch with for uh this yeah. project? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean so yeah, the the initial shoot for the CAD Diaries was back in September of 2015, uh-huh. and we shot two days, and yeah, it was a great, it was a great turnout, and I had no idea what to expect, because this is one of those things where it's like, well, it's LA, so mm-hmm. I could get, I mean, who knows? You I get could, anybody. Yeah, I could get like 300 people. Sure. Uh, and, or I could get, you know, like 10 people. Mm-hmm. Who knows, you know? Yeah, and so right. I tried, I just tried to like, promote 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 i i'm sure like i'm i'm sure all my like facebook friends were probably like okay delete him enough of this hide from timeline yeah exactly (laughs) yeah hide from timeline yeah so i and i do feel a little weird like always like doing that but yeah hey you gotta promote yourself yeah you gotta do what you gotta do i'm in that world now it's like i'm sorry this is this is happening yeah exactly (laughs) yeah now i'm yeah now i'm like whatever fuck it yeah but uh uh, but yeah, so I got, a, I got a great turnout though. How uh, many people came out? Um, 50 people. That's a good over turnout. Over the course of the two days. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first day, cause it was about half and half each day. And I remember the first day it was like maybe roughly, I don't know, 25, maybe a little less than 25. Uh-huh. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was actually, I was a little bummed. I was like, God, you know, I, sh- I wish I, why, why didn't like a hundred people come out? Mm. But when I think about it. We worked literally from like nine to five. Yeah, like it's a full wall, day, wall to wall. I didn't even like. I literally did not even go to the bathroom that entire day. I don't know how you handled that. I I don't know. I think I sweated. 
it all out because I, September was it was hot in in LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was like actually, you know. So then I'm like thinking, well, yeah, I don't know how I could have even taken on one more person because it was like back to back. Wall. Uh, and then the second Sunday, you know, once you do it, you do one shoot, and this is like with anything, you're sort of fumbling over yourselves and you're trying to get the groove and, uh. you know, get the rhythm of, of how everyone works. And so then the second shoot was a lot faster because, nice. you know, we, we'd done it the week before and yeah. now we're in the groove and we were able to actually take on a few more people. I think maybe the second Sunday was maybe... 30 people or so. Nice. And, um, but it's still, it was a completely full day. And then, uh, back in January, well, actually a little before January, probably back in the fall, uh, Adoption Links DC, Mm -hmm. a great organization, they invited me. I've never heard of them, so speak a little bit about that. Well, uh, they're out of, they're out of, uh, DC DC. and they're, they're just, they're, uh, they're an adoption organization, so they're uh-huh. not specifically like CADs, or it's just adoption in general. Uh-huh. Uh, although there's a, a large grouping of, sure. of CADs, and they had heard about the CAD Diaries and the LA shoots, and uh, they invited me to shoot in DC, and so nice. they created this huge event around around the shoot, and. Um, they were very supportive. I mean, they they funded it. They, they. Tr- I mean, it was amazing. I, awesome. They, they spoiled me. Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously, and you know, I'm just, I'm really like humble. I was, yeah, I'm still humbled by like that experience that they just, they really kind of rolled out the red carpet. Nice. Um, not you know, not not for me, but just the event and yeah. and the project. Um, so yeah, they're a great they're a great organization. So how many people showed up Terrific for that people. one? In one day, we had I think fifty-seven. It was it was huge. How busy were you that day? No bathroom breaks that day either. No ba- no bathroom <laughs> breaks. Uh, we that was a long day too. I mean that was like we as in the crew got to the gallery at six a.m. and we were out at six p.m. Holy shit! Um, and we had to be out by six because that was like sort of the contract. That That's a long day, man. And it was, yeah. And uh, I mean, because, you know, this is like a big deal. It's I think a lot of people think, oh, it's it's Zeke and a camera. It's just, you know, like, oh, he can just come and shoot. And it's like, no, there's there's a lot. How big of a crew do you got going in on that? I mean, with with the DC one, I had uh, myself, uh, a friend who flew in from L.A. to help mm-hmm. me. Uh, you Mar- flying from Detroit? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Were you flying from Detroit or I you drove, from LA? You I drove, drove yeah. from Detroit? From Detroit, yeah, because this was in January, so I was here, I was, or I was there in Detroit, so, and, and it's, I can't fly, well, I could, but it would be exponentially more expensive because yeah. of all the, all the equipment. Sure. I would have to check in and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it was just more efficient and probably cost effective to drive, and, uh, uh, a Michigan CAD, she's she's like a pillar of the CAD community, uh, Mary Hyatt. She also really was sort of the sole person who was responsible for instigating this whole project with the D.C. people. Mm. And so she and I drove down to D.C. because she knew all the people. She put me in touch with all the people. So she was helping me out. Uh, and three or four people down there literally were like part of my crew. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as a whole, there's probably like seven of us okay. that, you know, are working 
nonstop, 6 to 6 p.m., sure. behind the scenes, checking people in, getting them to sign release forms. Uh, this gallery that we shot at had, I mean, it was a beautiful space. It was huge. It was like 7,500 square feet. Wow. And but it had no chairs, and you know it's like we have to get we have to start thinking logistics like yeah, we need yeah, tables yeah. and chairs for to house you know at least thirty people at a time because You're right. it's it's basically an open call where people can just come yeah, anytime yeah. they want. There's no schedule, right? There's no schedule, and of course when people come, it, it becomes a social event, which it should be. That's what yeah. it's designed to be. So they'll stay and they'll mingle and talk, <clears> and so it's like yeah, we need tables and chairs and. These guys just, they made it happen. It was amazing. And they had, yeah. you know, it's like everything, even down to like the garbage, right? It's like, you don't think about that stuff. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. garbage and we need all these like little things that's like, oh yeah, you know, like what happens to the garbage at the end of the day? So yeah, they really, they really killed it. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. So what was the, the vision behind this? I know there was someone with flags. Yes, there's flags. <laughs> There's flags, there's people, yes. there's fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, well, okay, so it's, it's a response from, to American Soul. I want to I set that straight, right. right? So I'm doing this new project for that. And then over the summer, I took, a, uh, I took a, a street photography class in L.A. It was probably like a 10-week course or something. Uh-huh. And um, street photography is like what it sounds. You go on the street, you take photos of everything people, architecture, yeah. whatever, anything on the street. And there's something really instinctive and raw and uh, very, uh, like, reflexive, like, like to re- or not reflexive, but reactive. You know, like, mm. anything that happens, it's like you got to react fast in order to catch the moment. Yeah. And, um, and so after that course was done, I was, like, I was totally inspired to continue – with the whole photography path. And I was like, God, what can I do now? I want to, I want to continue street photography, which I still do, but I want to actually sink my teeth into some form of a project. And it just came. I mean, it was like, yeah, this is a perfect way to follow up American soul Mm -hmm. with a photo project of, of cats, of other adoptees. And let's talk about our self identity and let's focus on this issue of, yeah, self-identity and cultural self-identity and where we see ourselves and how we see ourselves fitting in mm-hmm. to which culture and all that. Because obviously it's it's this uh, balancing, fencing, you know, we, we sort of fence the line on, on uh, which side we go. Uh-huh. So, yeah, hanging the flags side by side and letting, letting each adoptee choose which one they want to stand in front of or if they want to be in between, mm-hmm. I think really speaks volumes. Sure. You know. Did you do one of yours? I have not done one of mine yet. Where would you put yourself? That's a good question. And uh, <laughs> I mean, right now, like if I had to do it right now, I would probably, I, I'd probably put myself on the American side. Yeah? Yeah. Have you been back to Korea? I have not. No? No. So there's no, no real connection there? There isn't. That's not to say there couldn't be. That no, no, right. not, yeah. not. I didn't want to yeah, imply yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that it's understandable why you'd put yourself right. solely on the American side right. of that of that line. Right. So right. you had what a total of about a hundred people come out. Yeah, so far. Wow. So you're still doing this? I'm still doing it. I'm still trying to do it. You know, again, it it takes a lot of it takes a lot of prep and it takes a lot of organization. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, it takes you know the F word. 
funding, you know, that's, that's really important because it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And it, yeah, there's more than meets the eye, uh, to everything, to every aspect of this thing. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, again, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, it's like, I'm going to, when I, when I, when I set out to do something, I'm going to do it really, really well. And I think this is a project that absolutely deserves to be done really, really well. So yeah. if it takes me a little bit longer to do it, to get more funding to, to do it right, I'd rather wait and do it right as opposed to just rushing through it. Well, I've definitely seen the products coming out of that project. And I think that you certainly have an eye, and even if it's a perfectionist like vision, I think it's it's great. Like what you have is, is fantastic, and you can definitely see the hard work that went into it. Thank you. And the art that went into it. Because I think I think it's an amazing project that you have going on yeah. there. And that got you a lot That's, of news notoriety too, as of late, correct? It did. It did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huffington Post and NBC News Asian America just did two recent articles on it. And yep. uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool, especially because it's not done yet, you know. So yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah, so yeah, that was that was cool. And that can all be found on your website as well, right? It can, yeah. Cool. So yeah. what? And then fr- from that, we got non-members. Or this is a completely <laughs> separate project. It is. It Let's is. talk about non-members. Oh man. So now you're like, I'm gonna take myself from in front of the camera, put myself behind the camera, but I will get in front of a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, because uh, I'm actually comfortable with the way I sound, so I'm sparing everyone. You've from grown having, into that. Yeah, I'm sparing everyone from having to look at me, but uh, I think I think they can. <laughs> I think they can bear to listen to me. And actually, it's funny because on on the non-members, I don't actually speak that much. So no, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like you know, I kind of let them very, just sort of yeah take it away. And you've had some pretty awesome guests on that show. I really like the guests that you've oh, had. Oh, thank on you. There. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to really find like non-members. That, yeah. You know, are, and and they're not. They don't have to be artists per se, but just creative thinkers. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah, it's not just artists, but it's just anybody who's a free thinker, an individual who marches to their own beat. Well, you've definitely had those on. I have. The uh, the one episode that I really like is the name... What, I'm going to fuck this up. Ramon Davis, is yeah, that it? Yeah, Ramon, yeah. He is awesome. He's great, isn't that he? That was a great guest. Yes, thank you. I don't know what it was about him. I think it was just that, like, I am who I am, I don't give a fuck attitude yeah. that I was like, dude. Yeah, I know. I feel you. We're like... Yeah. I'm like, awesome. Ramon, man, sign me up. Like, where do, where do I sign up for that? Cause, yeah. yeah. I have noticed the theme... Aside from the the questions that you do at the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when you ask the question, "What is your favorite curse word?" <laughs> it's been the same one every time so far, has it not? Uh, so far, I, I do have some episodes recorded that I that I have not, you know, uploaded, that, and they've given they've some, given a different one, some variants. So, yeah. so far, you have five episodes out, yes. right? Yeah, everybody has said fuck. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, so far, yeah. Yes, yes. And a lot of them, their favorite colors are black. Black and green. Green, too, yes. I think there were like two or three that had green. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. What is your favorite color? I would would say it would be green. Why do you think that is? With orange as a close second. Why do you think black and green are so popular? Um, I think, uh, I think because I think... Wow, that was redundant. <laughs> I think because I think uh, it goes with anything else. Like black, you can kind of mm. it goes with just anything. It's black. That's right? why I like it. And green, actually, even all the different shades of green. Like, cause mm-hmm. there's obviously tons of green in nature, 
and they're all they're never really the same shades of green, mm-hmm. but they all go together. They all mesh well. Where you can't always do that with every color. It's like some are some clash. So yeah. I think it's just green and black are so just I don't know. Easily pliable. Yeah. In that's, terms of yeah, the color palette. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Where did you get so where did you get the idea for the non members? Well, the company that uh, I have, the non-member films, right? That's basically where I got the non-members podcast from. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I always looked at myself as being a non-member as a filmmaker. I'm always doing offbeat, uh, niche type projects, which I should not because <laughs> if I'm trying to if I'm trying to be more commercial, but. Uh, I'm I'm always drawn to those offbeat sort of projects, though. But you live that life. You've lived the commer- the literally the uh, commercial life. So do you feel like that's why you're so nonplussed about it? Like would you would rather go do something more creative since you've been a producer and you were yeah. so line and block about, yeah, about I think so that process. I think so. But you know, even as a uh, even as like that, yeah, leading that life, I was really, as I like to call it, I was really a smuggler. Of, of really being a non-member. You know, I mean, look, I can play like anybody can. You can play You can play in the system. Uh-huh. We all have to. We all have to pay our bills and, sure. you know, do all that kind of silly stuff. But it still doesn't necessarily change the fact of who you are as, in, in, as a being in the fabric of who you are. And I've always been a non-member. Yeah. And I think, actually, funny enough, I think it's part of it, a lot of it has to do with being adopted and being mm-hmm. different and always being looked at being different from as far as I can remember. Do you feel like you grew up that way as a non-member? Absolutely. Yeah? I do. Within your family, within your church, your community, or all the above in general? Not within my family. Not within my family. My family felt exactly like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, within my church, yes. And within my community, absolutely. Yeah. So I said I was going to go back to this. I want to go back to this. All right. Because you seemed... Uh, I don't want to say disgusted, but turned off by the idea of church, <laughs> particularly the evangelical Presbyterian sect. Oh man! Uh, is there is there a specific reason why or? Oh, or, that, keep in mind. Yeah, this is your personal experience. This is not to offend the ears of the audience. <laughs> Anybody who might be an so, evangelical person here, it's fine. It's fine if you want to just, live your life skip, that way. Just skip like 30 seconds ahead and then, <laughs> then you'll be But fine. feel free. Okay, for the next 30 <laughs> seconds, you can go off on it. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I mean, look, we're all human and no one's perfect. And I just, it's not just evangelicals. I, I just think organized, I just have a problem with organized, organized religion. Uh-huh. And I, I am... I don't have a problem with people's faith. I'm not. I'm not out to. I'm not out to even, you know bash or come down on anyone's faith or beliefs. You're not declaring a war on Christmas. Not no. Not <laughs> ever, no. Um, but yeah, I just I, I'm just not a big fan of organized religion, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make me non-spiritual. I think I'm actually a very spiritual person. I just don't like organized religion. And I, you know, I mean, look, I, I grew up in it for a solid 18 years. Uh-huh. I've seen, I've seen a lot of shit happen in the church. I've seen a lot of judgment. I've seen a lot sure. of hypocrisy. And it's not even like, <clears throat> I mean, it wouldn't be so, I wouldn't even call it 
I wouldn't call it out if it weren't so strict, if it weren't so organized. Because again, we're all human. We're, we're all just, we all make mistakes, we all fall, we all have our vices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think when there is anything, I don't care if it's religion or whatever, that that pushes you to, to just almost live this unattainable type of lifestyle, you're, it just sets you up to fail. Mm. And it actually, I think, is counterproductive to what what the heart of the matter is. And I think it's really about just being spiritual. Mm-hmm. Whatever, however you define that, um, as opposed to oh shit, I got to do this and I got to do and I can't do that and I I shouldn't think that and I and it's just like whoa, you know what? Just just live your life, be good, be good people, you know, do what makes you happy. Don't hurt people, don't hurt lives, don't hurt animals, you know. I mean, just but just mm-hmm. you know, just do your thing and have your faith. But don't don't try to cram it down everyone else's throat either. Is there any particular instance that you feel like it was that that's it? That's why I got away from the church, or was it just a, little things over time? I think it was just little things over time. Uh, you know, I mean, I you know, I saw a lot of I'll say heroes at that time, being a young impressionable teenager, looking up at uh, looking up at up, you know older people in the church I saw a lot of people fall mm-hmm. from grace so to speak and then I saw them ostracized and it just didn't make any sense I'm like that's not really the the, the message that you guys are quote unquote teaching that's that's not really the message so what Jesus said right right yeah right and then uh, yeah and then it's you know as as you get older and then Politics even come into play a lot, and and it's like, I can't see how a lot of these conservative political agendas are, which are, a lot of them are are because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's religion based, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, I see, I see the political outcomes and the political actions of these parties do certain things, and it's like, well, that's, that's not cool. Mm. Like, like Jesus wouldn't do that. <laughs> hey, you know, JC would not do that. Not down with that. No. You looked at WWJD on that bracelet. And you said, mm, <laughs> right. No, we're gonna nuke that dude. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, there's just you know, there's, but you know, hey, you know, that's me. That's me. I'm that's not cool, trying man. to convert. I'm not trying to convert anybody. But uh, you know, that's just. We don't want to conform to your green. <laughs> Second favorite orange ways. <laughs> All right, so getting back to that, so so you have a lot of uh, creative people on your, on your podcast, uh-huh. which I think is a great show. Thank you. Uh, but they're all been Detroit artists right thus now. Far they are in creatives. Yeah. yeah. But you've you've now done uh, a number of interviews here in Brooklyn. That's right. So you're originally going to fly into Queens. And then yeah, you moved right. it over to, you moved your staying location from Queens to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I imagine because there was a bigger art scene or creative scene in Brooklyn yeah. that you saw? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, Bushwick right here is like the art district. It's sort uh-huh. of like this kind of, I mean, from, from what the other <coughs> creatives have told me here, it's, it's like being regentrified and 
lot of artists uh, live around here. And uh, in fact, after last night's interview with one of my guys, he and I went just down the street to like an open mic where a whole bunch of these kind of oh, yeah? bohemian type artists, you know, beatnik yeah, nice. people, you know, were doing an open mic and it was a lot of fun. But yeah, so I've got, yeah, Detroit, Brooklyn now, New York. Um, obviously, when I get back to L.A., you know, there's a great art scene in L.A. Yeah, people, I don't think people realize it so much. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, New York's the art scene and L.A.'s like the movie scene. But there's a, there's a thriving, you know, art scene in L.A. as well. And it's, yeah? it's really exciting. So Cool. Yeah. So when are you going back out there and do all that? Man, oh, man. Soon, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really have a set date. That's 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 one thing about my lifestyle. It's like I don't really plan. It's kind of like, well, yeah, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe tomorrow. We'll. I'll just yeah, go back. Nice. So, yeah. Right. I mean, this trip was pretty last minute, actually. Well, no, I was surprised. So first of all, thank you for coming out and doing the show. <laughs> but secondly, you're like. I was like, you don't have to come out here to do this. We can do it over Skype or FaceTime Dude, or whatever. And yeah, I know. You were pretty insistent. Like, no, I will come out here to do the show live. I was like... I think there's... A, I mean, your show is great, and you do have a really amazing chemistry with with all your guests via Skype or via in person. But I think for me, I, I have to be... Here. I, I think the face-to-face is a lot more yeah. effective in terms of conducting an interview, for sure, Yeah, and having a conversation um, versus FaceTime or Skype. But I didn't want to pressure you into buying a ticket to no come way, out to man. New York. No, dude. This was, like, this was actually a great excuse to, like, you know, just, yeah, check out Brooklyn a little bit. Awesome. This is your first time out here? Um, no, this is probably, like, my third or fourth time. Oh, yeah? But it's actually my first time in, like, the Brooklyn area. Oh, yeah. Usually I've, I've come out for work and it's always like Manhattan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where all the frou-frous stay. You're out on Madison Ave living the Mad Men right. life? <laughs> yeah, hardly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the dude who's like opening the door for the Mad Men. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. so it sounds like you found some success with the, the interviews out here and then you're looking yeah. forward to L.A. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Now you ask a series of questions on your podcast that yeah. are, have been a running theme of your show. Yes. Uh, I'm going to ask a few of them that Ooh. the ones off my head All right. that I can uh, remember to ask you. <laughs> We've already gotten the color one down. Okay. All right. So uh, the second one I'm going to remember off the top of my head is who most inspires you or has mm. been the main inspiration in your life? Jesus, man. Uh, I feel like you would have had – you would have prepped for this mentally. <laughs> Yeah, I should have, right? I, um, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to answer it this way. The guy who really jump-started my path in terms of being a filmmaker is my high school teacher. And his name is Russ Gibb. And he was like a tough son of a bitch. Like, he didn't take shit. He would dish it out when he saw fit. And it really... And, you know, when you're like 16 years old and your teacher is like yelling in your face, you know, like, your your work is shit. Fix it. That I mean, that's crushing, right? Sure. But it's, it's the life lesson that started preparing me for the real world mm. of... Of yeah, I got to get my shit together. I I have to know and become a better filmmaker, and 
you know, just be a better artist and a better person altogether. Yeah. And so, yeah, he really, uh, <clears throat> he really set that path for me and, and sort of, he made me realize I could go down that path. So, you know, what's weird is I didn't even think about this, right? Cause I, used, I was thinking about every time I go on the treadmill and I listen to your podcast uh-huh. and you ask that question, I'm like, if he asked me that question, I don't know if I'd answer. Who yeah. would I answer? And I think it would have to do with like different aspects of my life. Who's most inspirational to that aspect? Yeah. But when you say that, my uh, high school chorus teacher comes to mind because he was yeah. the same way. Yeah. Kind of like a no shit, like yeah. take no shit attitude. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be like, he's going to call you out and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you're fucking up here. Yeah. And it's like, you need that guy in your life. You do. Absolutely. You need that dude to be like, not the one who's going to like, Pat you on the back all the time. Right. Be like, hey, that was a great job and good effort. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But like the guy who's going to be like, no, you need to improve here, here, and here. Absolutely. And this is how you're going to succeed. Otherwise, just give up. Yeah. No, absolutely. <clears throat> all right. So second question that I can remember off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite curse word? This is a no-brainer, actually. It's fuck. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Because, and someone else said this to me. <laughs> someone else said this to me and it makes perfect sense. It is, it is, it is like a noun, adjective, and verb. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, uh, my psychology teacher in uh, college, when I only took Psych 101. <laughs> I should have gone deeper with that. But uh, one of them said it's, it was one of the few words you can use in the middle of other words. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, unfucking believable Yeah, right. You can't do that with many other words. Right. No, you can't. I know. Yeah, that's uh, it's such a creative word. There's so many uses, and it's descriptive. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, you know you, I'm sure you've seen the T-shirts on sale out here in New York, but it was. I also... want to get one of those. I actually have not seen one. <laughs> you haven't seen one? I haven't seen one yet. Go down to Chinatown. You'll see okay. it immediately, and you can buy yeah. one. Or Times Square, unfortunately, if you want to brave Times Square, which to me, you were like, oh, this is kind of like an, maybe not a great area of New York. I was like, no, no, no. This is a great area of New York that you're in right now. <laughs> yeah. Times Square is the scariest part of New York to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, the, it's the bane of my existence. I cannot, I, I can't deal with it. But if you want to try to brave it to get that t-shirt, you can go there. I think Chinatown is yeah. good. Chinatown's probably safer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever, did you ever watch, have you ever watched Treme on HBO? No. It's a great show. Uh-huh. Uh, same creators and directors as The Wire. Okay. Oh, yeah. But John okay. Goodman plays this great part, and he, uh-huh. he does his own vlog series as oh, well cool. on YouTube, where he just talks about like how shitty their situation in post-Katrina New Orleans is, and how nobody's helping, and yeah. they don't understand the situation. At the end of one of his vlog series, he's like, and you know what? Fuck you, you fucking fucks. <laughs> and he's like an English teacher, so people are like, oh, almost see him, and he's like... Wow, I never really thought of the F word like that right. before. It's so amazing. There's so much versatility. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true, man. It's like, yes, you can use that word like any which yeah. way. And like uh now they're doing all these social media have you ever seen these social media graphs are like the happiest and saddest states by mm. uh words they use on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they're like, we don't know how to categorize the F word right. because it could be good, it right. could be bad, it right. could be happy. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, yeah, you, it's, if you just wrote the word fuck on Twitter with an exclamation point, <laughs> right. how would you know the context exactly. unless there was like an emoticon afterward <laughs> right. in the situation of which they're talking about? Because right. it's it's such an exclamation. I love right. it. I love, I love yeah. that word. That's always yeah. my favorite go-to word. Yes. I'm happy so many of your guests also agree. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>, right? <laughs> Uh, what else do you ask on your show? Let me, let's um, see. 
Knowing that, uh, you're gonna ask, get the question asked right back at you. Shit, what is the next question? Uh, it's uh, after swear word. It's uh, oh, well, no. See, that's a hard question. I'm not even gonna say it. You have to come on. One thing you love about yourself. Oh yes, one thing you love about your. What's the one thing you love about yourself? Where do I begin? <laughs> Other than your awesome Johnny Depp hair. <laughs> um, one thing I love about myself. I don't know. That's a tough one. I know these are tough. I can tell you picked the tough questions. Um, I'm trying to think of something profound, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to the top of your head? I think I, uh, one thing, I think I am pretty good at being able to connect with people. So I think that's a, at least for me, my point of view of it, I think that's a good characteristic. I think so, yeah. I mean, you'd have to do the CAD diaries effectively, I feel like. Yeah. How else would you be able to represent those people except by telling them to represent themselves with right. the flags, to pull that out of them? Right. Because it's not just their position of the flags that draws out the interest of the eye. Otherwise, that would be a pretty boring photo right. series. You just see a bunch of bodies in front of flags. Right. But it's yeah. the emotion that comes out of that person making the connection and connecting with you, I think, that really makes that art yeah. art. I, I hope. <clears throat> we'll see when the final product's done. But, well, from what I've seen so yeah. far, I think you've been pretty successful in that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a good characteristic, I think. That's a good one. All right. Thank you. What is your least favorite thing about yourself? Oh, what is the shit. one thing you hate most about yourself? Uh, maybe that I'm... Uh, it, it's sort of related to actually the thing that I like about myself too, but it's not the same, but it's kind of related to it. It's, mm -hmm. I think I've, for a lot of my life, I've been very sort of, uh, malleable. Is that, is that a word? Yeah. Malleable. Yeah. Malleable. All right. I've been very malleable to my environments and to my, into the people that I'm around where, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, you could look at that and be like, no, that's good, because you can get along with people, but I think it's, I've, I've not stood up for myself mm. on occasions where maybe I should have, and or I've not spoken up, or I've not said my my opinion when I think it maybe should have mattered, and, and, and so, but, you know, for the fear of, well, I don't want to get them upset. Or, sure, yeah. And so... Uh, it's and the Midwest in you. It is, yeah. You're right, it is. And that's something that, I mean, you know, I still struggle with because, I yeah, it's like part of me doesn't want to create waves or, mm -hmm. you know, stir the pot. But then the older I get and the more serious I, I take my art and my work, it's like, no, you got to have a voice. You cannot be afraid to speak your mind mm -hmm. and even if it's <laughs> funny enough 
even if it's not even if it's the unpopular path you know which maybe that's what makes a non-member a non-member sure but yeah that's something that I, I still continue to work with or to you know to try to improve upon sure. I think all uh, quote unquote non-members I think would say something similar right it's yeah. like it's just trying to it's hard work to be not a conformist or not to right. be swim swim with the stream it's hard yeah. it's hard work to be that salmon going upstream it is yeah you know You're absolutely right yeah <laughs> I can't recall the other questions <laughs> but I think that's a good one to end on good because I think that's yeah it does relate to the uh, <clears throat> what you love about yourself yeah. And so there's a fine line. There's there a fine is, line. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think that you come across as somebody who dances that fine line very well in your artwork <laughs> and your character. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Where can people find you online and in the web, in the world? Uh, ZekeAnders.com. That's Z-E-K-E-A-N-D-E-R-S.com. Mm-hmm. I'm on all the usual social media sites like Twitter and Instagram. Uh Facebook, yeah. So Facebook.com slash Zeke Anders. Yes. At Zeke Anders on Twitter. Yes. At Zeke Anders on Instagram. Instagram yes. <laughs> and ZekeAnders.com, yeah. And the non-members on iTunes. Yes, yeah. and Podbean. And Podbean. And probably your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. I feel like such a fucking media whore. <laughs> no, I, I'm the same way. Right. I don't have an Instagram, though, but I do have the other ones. <laughs> Yeah. All the others. Because I don't, I, you know, if I saw somebody like you on Instagram and then I looked at my <laughs> shitty pictures, I'd be like, I don't deserve to be. No. <laughs> even, if most, even if the most popular Instagram picture last year was like Kylie Jenner or whatever, I'd be like, nope, still don't. Nope. <laughs> I'd be one of those guys who'd be like, here's my uh, shitty dinner that I ate. That'd be it. Oh, no wait, man, do it. It's, it it's, it's all for your own pleasure, you know? <laughs> It's all for, for you. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming out to New York and doing the show. I really Dude, appreciate awesome. it. Thank you. Was it fun? It was awesome. You was feel good about it? Fucking fun. Fucking fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. All right. Thanks, man. All right, and that was the interview with Zeke Anders. I want to thank Zeke for coming on the show. You can find him in all of his social media platform things that he's got going on, the Book of Faces and the Twitter Sphere and the Instagrams and, and nonmemberfilms.com. He's got a lot going on. The guy is a busy, busy guy. I, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. I can't compete with that. Anyways, we're still here with Jay Ridner. Jay, what do you want to say about the AKA, the also known as 20th in New York City? It's just going to be an amazing event. So if you haven't registered already, come out and join us. It's from April 22nd to the 24th, and registration closes on the 15th. On the website, can you register there? You can. You can follow the link on the website to our Splash That page, which features everything and all the scheduled events for the full 20th. Where do I find that? Also known as .org? Yes, sir. Is there like a banner ad? It's easy to find. There's a scrolly ad thing. You can't miss it. There's a scrolly ad thing. And there's also a Facebook event. What? A Facebook event too. But you can't register from the Facebook event, right? No, but it links to the Splash That page. Uh Uh-huh. Super smart like that. So if you go to the Facebook, also known as page, Uh then you will be able to find that. Or you can visit also known as .org in general. And you can follow also known as on Twitter. Yes, you can. What is their handle? 
Also known as, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use Twitter. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, that is the episode, and uh, I appreciate Jay coming on the show to promote the. Uh, the AK-20, and I appreciate Z coming on the show to interview and coming all the way out to New York to do the interview. That was awesome. It was an awesome interview. I hope you guys enjoyed that and got to know him a little bit better. All right. And also, uh, listen to his podcast, the Non-Members Podcast. It's also on uh, iTunes and Podbean, just like mine. Uh, and you can always, yeah, tweet me at the Rambler ADHD. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Rambler ADHD or, uh, visit, uh, iTunes and subscribe. That would be really great. I would appreciate that a lot. You can leave a nice review. Also very good. And, uh, what else? What else? Oh, music today provided by the bell at needle drop records and a collective effort. And you can find them at soundslide.com slash a collective effort music. And I hope they return to wherever they were returning to, uh, safely from Korea. They left Korea. Yes. All right. I'm going to leave you guys. You guys have a great week. Enjoy your... Oh, hey, Peter Chu is here. Everybody say hi to Peter Chu. Hi, Peter Chu. Hello. <laughs> that was Peter. And uh, congrats again to the newlyweds, Jay and Peter. Gross. Mm, gross. <laughs> well, it happened. And now you're together forever. <laughs> Live with that for the rest of your life. All right. We're out. Have a great week, everybody. Deuces. You love me just one more time I doubt that I could